What's up, everyone? Welcome to the GoLink Show. My name is Ben. I am the founder of GoLink, a goal-setting community providing growth junkies, which I hope is every single person listening right now to, or we're providing you with weekly challenges to avoid complacency. So if you're looking to grow and develop on a consistent basis, you are in the right place. These challenges are inspired by brands across the world to bring you new ways to improve yourself on a weekly basis. So you can kick back, you can chill, and you can watch me take on these challenges, or you can join me. I challenge every listener to complete these weekly goals. Catch the content on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at GoLink Group. The GoLink Show, this podcast, recounts experiences, experiences from the achievers of the world, but not just the success. We delve into the challenges and the struggle the true, true struggle that we all face. How do we find the will to push through it? What rule do motivation, discipline, failure, risk, what do these things play in our lives? Let's talk about the process, the pain, and not just the result and the inspiration to get through it. We discuss this and much more in the show. Thanks for tuning in. This week, we have my awesome friend, Hope Brooks, on the show. Man, this convo is packed with gems, and I'm stoked for you to listen to it. She's, she spent 16 years in an, in an automotive plant. She's a mom. She's an, she's an investor, a yogi. And trust me, I've been super impressed with her finance and investment knowledge. Like really, everyone needs to peep this, what she's about to say. She's had a, a really tough upbringing as a kid. Like really tough. Um, just wait and listen. Like it's crazy. I'm very, very grateful for the loving family that I grew up in. We talk about the importance of building relationships along the way and how they can help you. The importance of taking risks and trusting that everything will work out. She says happiness is a choice, which I agree with. And we, of course, talk about her fitness journey and how important fitness is in general, which I also agree with. So everyone, tune in, listen, get stoked. Let's go. Oh, before we get into it, there as there is actually one more thing. If you hear some noise, like mechanical noises in the background, and it sounds like Darth Vader breathing, it's because we're doing some leg, like boot chamber compression therapy while while um, recording this podcast. So, just FYI, if you are thinking, why is that sound in the background? Anyway, that's what's up. Now let's get into it. Should we roll? I'm ready. Should we just do it? Let's do this. All right, Hope. Welcome to the Goaling Show. How the hell are you? I'm fabulous. <laughs> fabulous. So, if you're watching, this is a bit of an... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. It's probably an unordinary um, view, but Hope, can you explain? So, we're at Frigid Cryo in Greenville, South Carolina. So, and these are what techs? Normatech? Normatech boots. They're compressed air like a blood pressure cuff. Okay. And it helps improve circulation, get, helps the lymphatic system rid yourself of any excess fluids and uh -huh. things like that. It's just a little assistant to your body. That's and awesome. And also actually helps cellulite, I've learned recently. Really? So ladies would love that, <laughs> who obsess over it. Yeah, this is cool. Like, this is like my ideal situation to be having a, like a meaningful conversation and like getting health benefits all at the same time. And for me, I do this twice a week. I you chill do it in there twice a week. Twice a week. I chill twice a week and I do Norma Tech twice a week. And it's like recovery from all the squats and wow. all the lunges and all the yoga and all the mm -hmm. heat and all the fatigue of the muscles. So it helps you uh -huh. recover. And I feel the best I felt ever um, when I'm 
doing this. I go home. I sleep better at night when I do this. Really? I've learned. Yes. I get a little more energy when I do the chamber and do a full body chill, but then I take more rest after I've done this. I like that. Yeah, it's nice. So, well, let's get into all the things that you do. So, cur- <laughs> so currently, what are, so Hope Brooks, what is everything that you do currently? Um, so I work for a corporation and we do maintenance and asset management uh-huh. projects. So that means our entire company is focused on making sure your assets that build your cars, your car parts, your food manufacturing facilities are um, in their regulatory compliance and that the machines are running mm-hmm. to their optimum capacity. And, and that includes training people. Still? Yes, I work from home. The yeah. company is global. Uh, okay. We have offices in Poland. Um, uh, we just opened a new office in Europe. We have Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, as well as Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Yeah. And then you're a yoga teacher. Yep. So I teach yoga in Greenville um, uh-huh. at Southern Ohm. I also do events all over town, which I love. Um, continuing to expand that. I do some corporate one-on-one style yoga as well. That's um, so cool. When was the last time you did like corporate, like you'll go to an office and teach like people yoga? Yes. And that's something very new. So I've only done a couple of those classes. I like that. But I feel like it's a niche we're missing in this market. Because there are a lot of people that can't leave their jobs and yeah. come to one of my noon classes. And for them, if one the one company that's talking strongly with me is wanting to do this at the end of the day. So they're thinking, hey, let's throw in a 415, a 430 class. Like people can take the class and go home. And it also reduces, from what I understand, if you're a healthcare provider company yes. and you have a healthcare plan that you provide to your employees, that can subsequently reduce your costs and premiums. Yeah. So that's an that evolving cool. part right there for me. That is cool. And then what else do you do? Cause there's okay, more. So, um, I'm a mom of two. I have yes. a son that's 10, a daughter that is seven. They're in the other room. Um, <laughs> I have a real estate investment. So I'm a principal in a real estate company that buys, sells, flips, um, invests in multiple complex style properties as well. Um, I'm, I've bought and sold three. I'm in my fourth house right now. Yeah, that's awesome. In 20 years of living here. So, yeah, I think let's jump into that. Because one thing that I've been really impressed by you as I've gotten to know you more and more is the financial literacy that you have. Mm. Because I feel like, tell me if I'm wrong, right? But typically, I don't see a lot of women, especially moms, that are well-versed in that area. Um, it's something I've learned over my lifetime. Uh, when I was 18, I had been working for, uh, two and a half years as a waitress Mm -hmm. and I used to stash money in like my sock drawer Mm -hmm. because I didn't have a bank account then. (laughs) And then when I turned 18, graduated high school, opened up my first savings account, thought, okay, I'm going to open up a checking, a savings and do all the things they tell me to do. Mm -hmm. And then I got roped into, well, you have to build credit. You know that talk. Yeah. You have to build credit, so get a credit card. And the only places they'll give credit cards to people who don't have credit are like 30% interest. Believe and it's me, like I know. Jewelry stores, <laughs> like jewelry stores. So my first yeah. credit card was a jewelry store and then had some rough patches with work. And Wait, a jewelry s- store to buy jewelry? Yeah, like a jewelry store, like huh. random. I, like American Express wasn't going to give me a card at 18. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, hey, we'll give you a $500 limit. So I had to buy a I bought a piece of jewelry, like a necklace, mm-hmm. and that was my first purchase on a credit card. That's cool. That's insane. And kind of built that up so I could start my credit journey since it's kind of a requirement. Um, 
then had some very serious financial troubles, had a car, a credit card, and ended up losing my car Hmm. because I was out of work. So it was repossessed? No, somebody has stolen it. (laughs) Oh, somebody stole your car. Somebody stole my car. I lost one of my two jobs. The repair of the car when they found it was exorbitant because they decided to fix it. And it put me in a hole financially that I was not prepared for by then at 19 and a half. So then I switched jobs. I started, um, continued working in automotive, picked up a second job and said, I'm never going to be in a situation where I can't pay for my stuff. Like that was it for me. And it was a struggle for me because eventually I lost that car. They did repossess it. Started Uh out just being like, I'm struggling financially. So it was stolen. You got it back. Yeah. And then it was repossessed. The guy had driven into a uh, median guardrail. And left it? Mm-hmm. They found it in a ditch. <laughs> That's and crazy. instead of the State Farm Insurance Company covering the loss, they covered the claim. And that was my very first experience with a claim. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> but it will, it, if you're that young and you don't have funds and you're on your own, I was living on my own since I got out of high school. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you don't know. You just don't know. And then eventually it was just too much. So they took that car and I went and bought a really cheap old beater for like nothing, you know, for cheap and financed it with a ridiculous rate. Mm -hmm. And at that point I said, never again, never again. So I worried and focused more on how do I put money away? How do I make myself live, spend when I can and save? That's awesome. So what would you say to people? I'm not even sure if it's women, it could be girls. But is anyone in general about money? I think everyone right now, I don't care their age, um, needs to have the basics in financial. I believe it should start in like fifth, sixth grade. I think we're not training young people, children, adolescents, and teens Mm -hmm. the principles that I didn't learn until I was, you know, 20, 25, 30. I feel like that should be what we're teaching when it comes to mathematics and to to life. So that's the thing. I've thought about this and I completely agree. How do we make kids care? Like, do we just make it fun and more entertaining and use cartoons or like, Hey, your favorite rapper or this actor like teaches it or something like, how do you incorporate that to make them actually learn the lesson? Because at my house they learn, you know, they get allowance money. Okay. Or they earn tablet time so that they don't always earn money from me. Ah. Their work in our household, what my two children contribute, becomes That's whether smart. it's tablet time is, is currency to them. Okay. <laughs> but then they That's want cool. money to buy like some insane toy, which is insane for me, even $10, because in a year we're not going to know what that toy was even where it even is probably it's probably gonna be (laughs) lost or broken Uh so that's just for me that's just wasting money so i teach them i'm like if you if you're gonna spend if you have ten dollars to spend try to save three to five of that ten and i learned that in my 20s so after the car situation i rebounded from that um i set out a goal to just put five dollars a week away i ate bag lunches in my car at work. Isn't that crazy? So you were in your 20s. Yeah. And man, $5 a week right now, like I'm thinking like that is absolutely nothing, but it's something. Yes. And that's what's important. Mm-hmm. Even if you're saving 50 cents, it doesn't matter because it's the concept that you're learning. 
Right. And then eventually that 50 turns to a dollar, two dollars, four dollars, eight dollars, 16, right. 32 at 64. And then it just keeps doubling and compounding. And I went back to a principle that I scoffed at when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, that my grandfather said, if you don't have the money in the bank to buy it, even if you have credit, don't buy it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone really thinks that way anymore because no. credit is so the way the world works it's True. that we don't think we need to have cash available. Now, you don't want to be too cash heavy. So there's a fine balance with that. Because... I know you have like cash to invest, but do you mm-hmm. leverage any debt like for real estate or anything? I, I'm not right now. The only real estate debt have. I have right now is the one, the house I have right this moment. But you have. But I have. I have actually owned two different dwellings at one time. Dwellings, yeah. Like to use, because like to use other people's money instead of yours, like. Right. Why not? Like to a, make money, at least. That's what I'm saying. Like right. not spend money, but to make money. Right. Because the, the, the goal is to have everybody says you need three months of like a financial person will tell you, Hey Ben, you need three months of savings to cover all of your bills. And that's total bullshit. You probably need nine months Uh. because they don't know what's going to really happen. They don't know if the, if the gas price will go back to 2004 or five when Katrina came through, we saw gas prices back then at 97 cents a gallon. And in 24 hours, it went to $3 and 75 cents a gallon and people were like fighting over the next tank of gas because they were afraid it was going to continue to go go up. So if your budget is tight and you only need, say, you need three thousand a month, three months might not last long because we might have a crisis or something else might happen. You need tires on your car; it breaks down, but you still need to to look for a job and go where you need to go. Like everything, we don't think about the contingency. We also don't think about. If we did lose that job, are we able to give up the things we love? I like to eat out Mm because I don't like to cook. (laughs) I don't really want to give it up. I would have to cut it dramatically down if I wasn't, you know, having Mm -hmm. a strong income. But I do. I think this is where in America in particular, we should really look at the young people and say, are we training them Mm -hmm. to learn these lessons in high school and college or even middle school, high school, college So they understand that track and they don't rely on someone else, a parent, a grandparent, a trust fund. That's great if you have it. But like, what's going to happen when that runs out? Ask anybody like me that lived through 2008 Mm -hmm. and had 401k. It's going to happen again, like sometime. It just, it happens. That's the world. That's, it's the wave. It's the cycle. It happens. And the thing I've thought a lot about in the last months it's kind of like yoga. So yoga is a practice, right? You, you, there's no end. It's just a practice. Your practice is going to look different every day, every week, years of your life, seasons of your life. The same thing with your goals and what you're going through in life. There really isn't an end. It isn't like mm-hmm. you might have things you want to do. Like we want to do this podcast. Mm-hmm. So we made time and we're here and we're doing this. But that might be something else. There is no real end. It continues to be a practice. Hmm. And that's something we don't talk about either in, in our young life. So we are still, if somebody had told me this when I was 21 and making good money and having great benefits and very low on debt by then and kind of turning my life around, it would have been monumental to me versus learning it when I was 26, 29. I put myself through college at 25. I decided 
I just needed a college degree because I knew to move forward in corporations, you have to have this. Yep. I'm not a, I love school kind of person. So that was hard. But then I said, how much is this going to cost? And I leveraged every extra dollar I didn't need to spend on bills. And basically I worked, I slept, I studied, and I attended class for four and a half years while I worked full time at BMW, probably six days a week, three out of every four weeks. That's crazy. 10 hour shifts. And I made it happen. And I left school and I'd gotten two student loans, one subsidized, one unsubsidized. And I paid one off the last quarter I was in school semester and then paid the final one off the month I left. What school did you go to? I actually moved here and in 26 years old, I started at USC Upstate. Okay. Yeah. And then I love what you just talked about, about the there is no end. Mm-hmm. And I think that can almost get depressing if you let it, mm-hmm. right? Because if you think of there is no end, it's always a practice. There is that scary side of it, but to me, that's the freeing side of it. Like you have to flip mm-hmm. it. Like there, yes. like that's, it's, it's relieving because there is no like, I'm successful now or I'm the man now, or (laughs) I have enough money now, or I'm a master at yoga now. It doesn't matter what it is. Like it's ongoing, but that's what's like, it's a release. It's freeing to know that. And it's freeing to know that with those steps forward, you're always going to have some side steps, maybe a back step. And it's how you handle that. And that's something I didn't learn until much later in life, probably in the last five to seven years to Mm. really understand how to handle that. And every challenge is different. So sometimes we don't know how to react to a challenge that doesn't look like other challenges. And so it's how can we put it in a context that at least aligns with how we want to respond, but which is really the only thing we can control. We can't control what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Because there are so many factors in life that don't have anything to do with us. Have you read the book, The Untethered Soul? No, it is on my list. Yeah, so I'm listening to it right now. And the, what I listened to this morning, it was talking about happiness is not conditional. Mm-hmm. And it was literally talking about, because I used to live this way, like before I moved to Greenville. Um, and then life has given me the hardest test I've had to go through. But I asked for it. I went into it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, I used to think just like happiness is a choice. It doesn't matter. You can just do it. And this book is talking about that, right? Like, it's not, what does it say? Oh, man, this is really cool. Like, it's not the, like, this is kind of said all over the place. Like, it's not the event that's making us unhappy. It's not the situation. Mm -hmm. It's our reaction to it, right? Like, we're trying to control it. We're, you know, what some people say, like, what you resist persists. Yes. Instead of just letting it flow through. Because it's going to continue to flow through. And it's like letting it, like man like you can just say it but it's so hard to do yeah to just like just be happy like i get it i used to think that way but until you really go down and you mess with those demons like i think like it's okay and i think everyone should go through that Mm -hmm. and while i was listening to that book this morning i'm like but it's so hard but i know it's true (laughs) and that's the thing we don't talk about the hard Mm mm-hmm 
we talk about what looks nice on Instagram. Yes. We don't talk about that it's hard to get there. No one would know that I had a car repossessed at 19. No one would know that I slept on somebody's couch in between yes. trying to find a place to live. Hopeless and that, that guy, it. that guy had like <laughs> bugs in his house, but I only I made it two <laughs> weeks there and it got me into a place where I could rent. And it was a dumpy, Ugh. crappy trailer okay, in a terrible part of town. Let's let's delve into that. Because that's what that's what I love talking about. That's what I love having this podcast delve into is the stuff that you don't usually talk about and we breeze over it sometimes, right? Like, right. Yeah. Life was hard and I did this, but now look at me, but I really like kind of just pausing. Yeah. So everyone knows that we're the same and there's tough times. So tell me the story of how you had to live on some guy's couch in a trailer with bugs. Yeah. So, and, <laughs> At that stage in my life, I was back and forth between Columbia, South Carolina, and here. Okay. And that was so I could get a job at BMW because you could, had to be within 50 miles. And the people I was renting a room from mm -hmm. abruptly told me that I couldn't rent that room anymore. And, like, you have to get out today. And I had a part-time wow. job here and a full-time job in Columbia. And I'm back and forth. And so I needed somewhere to stay and on weekends for this job. And the security guard was like, hey, you can sleep on my couch. And I'm like, well, guard. he's a little creepy, but okay, I'll take it. Like, and were you just talking to him? Yeah, he was it? like, I was like, I'm in this quandary. And I don't uh. know what I'm going to do. And, you know, I slept in my car one night. And he was like, no, he says, you can sleep. I don't have an extra room, but I got a couch. And I was like, I'll take it. I'll take it, man. I don't care. Huh. And that's kind of how that worked. And I stayed for a couple of weeks. Wow. And then found this dumpy trailer in a trailer park never stayed in a trailer in my entire life but it was what I could afford and it was 300 something dollars a month and eventually I left that and got a real apartment which was mm -hmm. like wow that's an upgrade like you live in a super nice apartment there's a lot of super nice apartments here my me? apartment wasn't even yeah super yeah, nice I'm fortunate it's like nice. mine wasn't but it was nice for me mm -hmm. but it even goes back to as a child I, I grew up in Kokomo Indiana and lived a very suburban leave it to beaver life what city in, in indiana kokomo kokomo yeah but it's not the beach boys no beach boys <laughs> yeah named after chief kokomoko okay okay yeah um an automotive town built around the chrysler plant where my mm. whole family worked and we had my mother is from south carolina so we had a lake house outside columbia at lake murray that was my grandparents we spent every summer there and one night she wakes us up and tells us we're leaving and we're never coming back to kokomo so we moved from a 2,000-square-foot split-level home. Everybody had their own space, bedrooms, mm. and all that, to a 930-square-foot house with, like, two very small bathrooms and not enough bedrooms. And I slept on a couch for three years. Really? <laughs> How old were you when you moved? Uh, I was 10. So I started fourth, fifth grade When here. you're a 10-year-old, does that... Like, do you realize what's happening that like I went from my own bedroom and mm -hmm. stuff to a couch? Like, was it worse? Like, did it affect you mentally and emotionally? It was horrible. It was mm. horrible. And then with my mom, it was a subsequent divorce of my dad two years later. And she moved on to her third husband. Mm. And that became an environment I grew up in. That could be its own podcast. <laughs> um, lots of alcohol abuse, uh, a little bit of abandonment where she would leave and, and then come back. Sometimes she'd take a vacation and we'd find out she's in Florida because she would call us on the landline that we had. And we would not be equipped with like food or a babysitter or a car because we were too young to drive. I mean, I was like 12, 13, 14 years old. And 
I saw a lot of police action because of in the, your house. Yeah, because of the the abuse between mm. she and her husband at the time. Nothing I would wish on anyone to ever see. And it just kind of set me up for I didn't know where I was going in life. And that was my issue was I had no guidance, no yeah. real trajectory, no path. I was just kind of wherever I could be, I, I was. So I didn't grow up like that. You know, I had a, a loving home and mom, like my parents were divorced when I was young. But like when you're, cause I truly want to learn from this experience. Like what are your, can you remember your thoughts as a kid when that was happening? Oh, I'm a, most people who don't know me well, don't know this, but I am mm. a very emotional person. Everything I touch and I'm connected to, mm. I'm empathic, emotional, I love what I do when I'm doing something or I'm not going to do it. Hmm. And if it's something that hurts and it's painful, then it's deeply painful for me. And it was very hard to watch like your mom get carried on a stretcher or have to watch the, the husband so wasted that he's stumbling and falling and police taking him away and just feeling like there was no love and stability. And <sighs> For a while, I was a complete train wreck. I drank too much in high school in my older years. I drank too much when I got out. I made, I trusted everybody wrong. Trust, don't trust everybody. <laughs> but do you think you probably did trust everyone because you just wanted yes. acceptance? Like you didn't have that growing up, right? Mm -hmm, right. And my sister and I didn't, I have a sister and we didn't get along. Hmm. She just doesn't like anybody. That's just who she is. She don't like anybody, not even me. Um, so what, I had nobody to lean on. So I, as long as you were nice to me, I was, we were someone. friends. And now I know this, not then, mm -hmm. that it was. It was just I wanted to be with people who were, who were one, be happy and be around me and that kind of stuff. And it wasn't always a good environment. You know, I made terrible choices. <laughs> Way too young. But like, what else... That's the thing. Like you weren't, you didn't see any good decisions. The best decision I made was work. I have the best work ethic. Right. Like I was a waitress. That was my very yeah. first job. You definitely have. And I You're a hustler. It. Hope. You're I a hustler. killed it as a waitress. <laughs> I remember yeah. my senior year, um, the, the lunchtime waitress uh -huh. um, had a situation happen and couldn't come to work. So they called and asked if I would cover the shift. I ended up covering my shift in the evening and her shift all two weeks of the Christmas break that, that year. And I made a bundle of money. It was fantastic. Did you like love working initially or yes. was it a distraction? No, I loved it because I liked being around people. So waitressing was even better. It was fantastic. And, and then you made money. So why not? And I made money. And then I went to automotive, kind of like my whole family did mm -hmm. and made money. I welded wheel covers and ran rivet machines and worked in assembly. And so was that at BMW? No, this was at a place at the time called Thompson International. They made wheel covers for GM. So you're Chrysler doing manual Ford. work. Oh, manual assembly labor with machines. How old were you? Uh, 19. I hope you've done a ton of crap. <laughs> and and it, was, it was being in a plant on second shift and it being 117 degrees in South Carolina inside that plant that eventually I said, I believe I need to get a degree because I think I'm going to be in one of those offices one day. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But I just did it. And I went through co college, ended up being the best experience of my life. Now, I was a non-traditional student, clearly, because I worked full time. Yeah, me too. But I absolutely 
I loved the mental exploration that that was and the challenge that it was for me mm-hmm. and the people and the professors and like I fed off of them. That energy was so contagious for me and it made me a better worker and it changed my perspective. I actually went from being a planner at a company, which is like office job, to back online to take a job at BMW. Back then they used to make you do this rim test. So they'd put nine rims on a board on huh. pegs and you had to take a manual, um, cro- what's the tire? I have no idea. I don't know. When you take your t- <laughs> lug nut loosener, the, when you take your tire oh, off. Oh, the jack? Ja- when you actually take the tire yeah. lug nuts off, uh-huh. it's the little plus that fits over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You had to do it manually with a plus, not with a rivet gun or oh, a machine wow. gun, not, not an air gun. So we had to do it in a time. That was and like I, an interview thing? That was part of the interview. That's funny. It was absurd. <laughs> and I killed it. <laughs> Me and some dude finished right at the same time. So you did it with other people? Yeah, you were in a room with six other people, I think. And they said, just go as fast as And they as were you like, can. no, you had to read and follow the instructions. Each line, and you had to go one at a time through the line. And you had to finish it in under a certain time or you That's were kicked cool. out of the interview program. Man, oh, <laughs> this, yeah, you've done so many different things. Is there anything that stands out right now? I know the process mm. is the process, right? But is there anything that stands out or a couple of experiences that have really shaped you or challenges that you're grateful for? I think leaving BMW was probably one of the biggest times for me. And how long were you there? I was there five years. So five years, a long time. It was going to be my end all be all. I thought because you started so were you but you were in the office at this point or no oh yeah I was a master planner right yeah so the master planner um so I represented paint shop and then I represented the paint shop for our master plan of scheduling how we were going to do rotating shifts so like the shifts that they work now I helped build the first model okay cool of that and so why'd you leave because they told me I had to be a production supervisor what and does that mean? That means I had to supervise adults on a production line. And you didn't want to. <laughs> and I didn't want, I, I don't want to babysit people. <laughs> I love them. I love people who work hard and want to do that. And that's all they want to do. But that is a job that was not in my skill set, And I knew it. Like every part of me was like, no way. And they wanted to send me back to night shift. And at this point in my career, I was like, I was 30, 30, 31. I was like, I can't do this. This is not where I want. I, I could have done it and just stuck with it and stayed with the system and I was like I'll take the buyout and so, I left so why is it the best thing that you can remember at, because like, it left history? me sitting on a floor crying over my decision for about a week so you quit and then you were just sad oh, and crying for a week right it was the most what am I going to do with my life did because I make you the didn't wrong know what decision yeah, I had no idea. I was like, I don't know what I've done with my life. Did I make a wrong decision? Should I have just taken the package mm. and stuck in the good old boy system and kept going? You know, where do I go from here? This was my end all be all dream job. Mm-hmm. And then a couple people I knew were like, snap the hell out of it. And it took me a while. But about a month after I left, somebody said, hey, there's this contract job. You want to go do it? And I made more money contracting (laughs) than I did working average Uh hours pay at BMW. And I was like, this is brilliant. So that contracting job while I was in it, 
an old colleague of mine that used to be BMW offered me this fantastic quality coordinator job at a tier one automotive supplier here. I'd never been deeply into quality, but it's all about process and audits and things. And I was like, sure. So I go over there and they give me more money than I've ever made. Good benefits and health. And they're like, this is what we need. This is the model you're going to train on over in Europe. Mm -hmm. You bring it here and implement it and you do it in any way you need to do it. And is that what you're still doing? No, that job gave me freedom I'd never had before. Yeah, so I could set freedom. my own schedule. So if I had to work nights to help people, I would do that. If I split shift, if I came in early and left at two o'clock, it didn't matter as long as I was getting what we needed to get uh -huh. done. And that has my, like morphed into literal jobs falling in my lap. Okay, Hope, let's talk about this. So I'm, I've experienced that moving here. Like I got recruited and then I said, why not? Let's make the jump. You know, mm -hmm. I know what my life looks like, looks like here, but there's a current phase that I'm going through. And I just had an, a conversation with an amazing person I talked to for the first time. Her name is Julia. And she said, what would you do if you couldn't fail? And it's funny because I remember, did you know I used to do music? No, I didn't. So yeah, so back in the day, it was rap. We can talk about it after. Love it. But I, <laughs> I remember I used to wrote, I wrote it, I wrote a rap line like, "What would you do if you could not fail?" And that just hit me. I'm like, and that goes into the freedom and like jobs falling in your lap. Yeah. So tell me about like why do you think that happens? Like why quitting or facing your fears or doing things that you're afraid of and surrendering to the good things happen to you? Like, why is that happening? I think sometimes it's the part about you don't know what's happening behind the next door you're going to open. Mm. And sometimes you have to take a chance and it's not always going to work out well. So just <laughs> a, let's put that out there. It yeah. will not always work out to be your dream job yep. or your dream house or your dream anything. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that is a stepping stone. It's that practice. Because if you fell down when you opened the door because there was a step and you didn't know it, then you got back up. You didn't just lay there. But if mm -hmm. there was no step and it was level and you stepped through it, you're like, oh, I got this. This is so easy. And if you don't know the difference, mm -hmm. you have to at some point learn it or you're going to either think everything's always hard uh. or always easy. And that's just not life. But I think for me, that <laughs> pivotal moment my relationships were building over those years and the more relationships I had with people of all levels and job descriptions and everything from VPs down to just the maintenance supervisor or the person building the door panel. And those relationships have opened doors for me that I didn't know would have ever existed. So if mm. I hadn't taken the chance, I might not have known some of these people who ended up being the path to where I'm at now. So I went from, short version, 16 <laughs> years in an automotive plant. Yeah. Steel-toed boots. 16 years. 16 years. That's so from good amount of really time. from 18 to 36. And I was in steel-toed boots and uniforms and all levels of work that I did there from online and hands-on to mm -hmm. planning and quality to an office. And that office was my first experience outside of manufacturing and then that opened another door where I met people through that job as business development manager, which led me to a career that I really love, which is I can take my knowledge of manufacturing and processes and quality and planning 
and I can help someone else get from our company I'm with now what they need. And I'm doing it now from the behind my desk at my house. I walk I downstairs that. in the morning and make my coffee and <laughs> handle my kids. And then, of course, in between that, it's been, you know, finding a fitness journey over the last nine years and growing in that. That has become pivotal to me. Mm-hmm. It's not something I had before. So it was a lot of different things that happened. The real estate was, I, I wanted to buy a house because my dad said, if you buy a house, you can deduct your interest and it's better mm-hmm. than renting an apartment. So I did that and then I sold that house and then I did the next house and with your so equity on. and, so and on. I took my equity and I would flip it and some of it I would save. And then it was meeting somebody at my church who equally loved trying to figure out how to make money off your money. And he yes. loved real estate and he was working to become a realtor and was with a corporation at the time and said, I have this vision and he tells me this vision And the next thing I know, I'm investing in his company and he's buying and flipping houses and he's Mm. paying me 10% interest on my money. Yeah, that's nice for doing nothing. Yeah. Just Just for knowing him. He couldn't get a business loan based on how, where he was. Yeah. So he found a few key investors that had some cash to invest. And that's just kind of how that journey came about. And from that, you know, working with meeting more people like you, like (laughs) Tim Pecorero, there's so many people I could list. And just finding that path of where do we grow together? How do we support one another? And then how do we share this so somebody that's 10 years younger than me, 15 years younger than me, 20 years younger than me, somebody in high school, Mm -hmm. my almost 11-year-old, how do I help (laughs) them maybe carve their path a little smoother and understand a little bit more about finances and what they're doing and now I'm in the best place I've been in in my entire life, emotionally, physically. And I'm the oldest I've been, of course. But it's just yeah, getting better. That's cool. Well, side note, like to give everyone a visual, like we're on a couch. And so like my head was like turning at you. And I just realized like my neck is like mm. already like kinked. I like to lean back. <laughs> Should we lean back a little lean bit Lean back more? a little further. We're in Should- recliners. Oh, For anybody who can't see. Oh, I like this. Here we go. Oh, this is good. And we I'm not even going to look in your eye, but we're just going to talk. This is great. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, I, I would, you know, ultimately, I think it would be fantastic if I could create a program that would go into a school system and into community centers and places that teach children these values. Is that your dream? That that would make me the happiest person on earth. That's awesome. Because then it's a process. It's really a process when it comes to money and finances and decisions there. As careers go, most people now are never going to just stay in the same job. Nope. And that's been, you know, the average job for somebody is, what, seven or ten over their lifetime companies they go through, jobs they go through. Yeah. So it's like, don't be afraid to step out the box. Because if you do have a skill set that was working for you, you can always go back to it. Yeah. Before, I want to talk about your fitness journey, but not mm. quite yet. Because you mentioned how important relationships have been to you. And it's funny that you say that because I just realized that this week of how important, especially since I've been here, I've realized that mm-hmm. of it doesn't matter what it is like, but like my biggest wins, whether it's like professionally or an entrepreneur realm, starting my brand, like even like followers or views or money all of it comes through relationships yeah. and like I'm learned like 
it's all encompassing too, because you're learning so much at the same time. And mm-hmm. I think you need to be genuine. Like you're not just like, if you're going into a relationship thinking I'm going to get X, you're probably not going to get it. And you're going to be miserable because your expectation and you're not doing it for the right reason. Right. But if you're genuine going into a relationship just to like give value and like learn from that person and have fun and learn to love that person or whatever. Like I like for real, like I've had some major, we're talking about money and finance. I've had some major financial wins this year because of the relationships that I've reached out to and talked Mm -hmm. to people and asked them about themselves and listened. Right. You know? And I, I found that and it's, it's funny because even before I left manufacturing, people would joke that uh, I was the connection queen mm-hmm. because I knew everybody. Now, helps. granted, not everybody likes me, but I would say the majority <laughs> of people do. But there's always people that don't like your personality or and that's just life. But for the majority of the people, I always had good relationships. And that meant a lot to me. People would come to me and ask me, hey, where would I find this or who could I talk to about X? And I would say, oh, yeah, talk to Sue or Billy or Adam. Mm -hmm. And we would connect that. And I've just kind of expounded upon that as I've grown in my life and my career and my fitness journey. And just like Frigid here, I'm an ambassador for Frigid. I love doing this. This makes me feel good. And I love bringing people with me to chill. I think the first day I met you, I told you you should come chill with me. You did tell me that. (laughs) We're literally, I mean, we're not chilling in the cryo chamber but we're chilling on a couch yes getting our legs (laughs) but for me i mean these relationships have opened doors that i am for certain had i not explored that would not have been there for me Mm -hmm. hope how are you apologize for interrupting how are you so again i assume this is a process right and it's not just a snap of a finger your fingers how are you so after a crazy childhood and growing up the way you did, how are you so happy? Uh, part of it, I guess, now is a choice. Yes. I mean, it is a choice. <laughs> I, I mean, I love it. That's an awesome answer. But there's also the part where you have to love yourself even when you're not happy. Ooh, and that's let's one go into of the that. hardest things. Even in my deepest, darkest day of sitting in the floor crying, for not knowing if I made the right decision and just several things mm-hmm. over my lifetime, my divorce, just being a mom, all these things that just break you down. It's kind of like breaking down your muscles when you lift weights. Yes. They come back stronger. Mm-hmm. So somehow for me, that's how that has worked. But you, you do, you have to stop in that moment of despair. Somewhere in there, in you, in most people, there is a light. Mm-hmm. There is hope. And that's, mm-hmm. Even in the worst day, week, month, half a day, one hour of your life, somewhere within that moment, you still know that's there and you have to just touch it, you know, know that it's there. Mm -hmm. Even if it carries on for a little while, your life is not going to stop because you're having a bad day or you're in a rough patch of your life. So you continue to get up and go do your work and your networking and your fitness Mm -hmm. and something of all that brings light back to you. That's cool. I love that. Like, and I'm learning right now. Like I used to think I used to say I never had bad days. They only had bad moments. (laughs) 
but man, that can be such a, that was just like ignorance and like, inexp- I wouldn't say maybe not ignorance, but like inexperience. Yeah. Because man, life can throw bad months, bad years. Yeah. You know, I haven't had a, I mean, knock on wood, but you know, hopefully I have the mindset and heart set and, you know, like soul set, spirit set that I won't experience a bad year because I'm like willing to go through it and learn and evolve from that. But it's real, man. Like that hard stuff is real. Like it's not easy. It's hard. And the best thing is to have a support system. Mm -hmm. And I would say my friends have been that for me. Um, I've got friendships that go way back and they've been there for me. And there was times that nobody was there and I had to just work through it. And I can't really pinpoint one thing that got me through it. It's all of it. But I know that there has to be something better. And now I even more recently make a more cognizant, cognizant, cognizant effort to look at a struggle I'm in and say, can I react differently? Mm. Am I overreacting? I tend to overreact. I'm very animated and emotional and talk with my hands. But like, can I really, am I in this bad space because I can, can I change it? If I can't change it, how do I stay with it until I come out the other side? It's like going through a car wash. Eventually, you're going to come out the other side. You're not just going to stay in there forever. Somebody will like get you it. out. That's a good one. You know, but I do. I'm more, I'm more aware of it now in the last, I'd say, year or two that when I'm in that moment, can I learn something? Can I impact it? And then answering those questions decides what I do next. That's cool. Well, let's jump into your fitness journey. Mm, my Just fitness journey. Side note, these things are really like crazy because I'm going on like the highest setting. Yes, isn't it awesome? It's, well, I can feel my legs just like pump. Seven is the highest setting on these Normatec boots and I always do seven. Yeah, it's freaking crazy. Yeah. Anyway, fitness. So when did you, it was just, it wasn't too long ago, a few years ago. Well, I started yoga in 2009. Is that right? No, 2010. So it's been nine years. Okay. And then had two children, was stuck with the weight. I'm not naturally a thin person (laughs) and I do like to eat contrary to what people think. I eat a lot. I like to eat anything and everything. (laughs) Food is good. Um, so I finally broke down one day and tried metabolic and that was in February of 2017. So what is metabolic for the people who don't know? Uh, metabolic is a interval training program and it is one of the most unique programs i've ever seen it's cool so i I assume it's a play on words of metabolic probably yeah but mad abolic and it's like i've done it a few times and it's like you get to do a punching bag there's like the skier machines there's bikes there's kettlebells pull-ups jump ropes you're not doing it all at the same time but Mm -hmm. they mix in different interval sets to really like mix it up and have fun every single time yeah, they work on a work-to-rest ratio along with the type of movement, whether it's body weights or whether it's kettlebells or ring planks or machines. And I, I, I stepped in there at one of my heaviest weights and was absolutely terrified. Did and you I, weigh yourself? Uh, yeah, I weighed at the time I had been to a doctor, I think, for just my regular physical. So I was 190-something pounds, mm-hmm. 192 or something like that. But I'm five foot ten, and I carry that weight pretty evenly. So I was just overall kind of a big person mm-hmm. for me. 
And the lowest weight I'd ever been in my life was 150. And the highest I'd ever been was in high school. I was 210. So I had lost the initial weight the first time when I just walked and worked in a plant and I just never stopped moving, but not for like a program. So when this came about and here I am in my whatever, 40 years old at the time, I guess, 40 something. What am I? 42 was 40, (laughs) 44, 45 when I started mad. So I go to mad. I have no idea what I'm doing. They turn the music up really loud. The trainer told me to put the weights down because my form was terrible. He worked with me on the form and I came back and then I came back again and then I met these amazing people and every time I would come, I would get more excited. I would leave with more energy than I came with Mm. and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever done for myself and I made new friends and I lost weight. Well, I lost sizes and then eventually after about a year, I realized I was like two sizes smaller and had to buy new clothes. That's awesome. Yeah. Even my yoga clothes didn't fit, which is insane because they're stretchy. <laughs> yeah, stretchy and tight. Yeah. And in total, in the first year and a half with Metabolic, I lost um, three full sizes. And now it's more like my body is just continuing to change because mm-hmm. they, they have standard movements they do all the time, certain lunges and things. But then they'll incorporate a new interval with time, work, rest. They'll incorporate a new movement you've never done before. It's pretty fascinating, and it's throughout the year. It just changes. I go in there never yeah, knowing what's going to happen. It's always mixed up, and I don't believe it's about muscle confusion. <laughs> we are repeating some of the same movements. Yeah. We're not always doing it in the same time, work, or effort, or weight because the elements can go up or down in weight. Mm-hmm. And I added that. I kept my yoga, and I added that, and here I am two and a half years later, and I'm three sizes smaller. And I have more energy and I feel amazing. And my yoga practice is the best it's ever been. And I have some of the best friends I've ever known in my (laughs) entire life right now. And I share that experience with every, I drag everybody with me. (laughs) That's awesome. So like just, yeah, like what has fitness done for you? Like you kind of just said it, but what has it, how has it changed your life? people. So I think there's that point where you decide when something doesn't serve you, do you keep it? Is that a person? Mm. Is that a job? Is it a car? You know, what is it? Is it a pair of shoes? And over these last three years, I've shed people who didn't serve me because they were those people that continued to tell me I was fine where I was in the mad group that I have found the people that came there that I first met, they didn't say that they'd say, try it this way. Hmm. maybe bump up and wait this they would challenge me and then it was like wow this is really amazing and it's effective and they're supportive and it's fun and I I just completely fell in love with it it changed my attitude because I was coming out of a very deep funk after a divorce having two kids on my own at the my ex-husband up until 10 days ago had not seen our children in a few years So I was really on my own when this happened. So it was an outlet for me to reduce my stress, change my body and my mind. It helped me sleep better. It just added so much in my life that I am not willing to compromise that for anyone. So freaking get out, do something, fitness, let's go. It's a life changer. And even here, like anywhere in Greenville, you can find, you know, you can do 10 days for $10 at MAD. Mm -hmm. If you email me, I'll give you a code and you can... (laughs) Do it for free because I have a code because I've been working with them as an ambassador, bringing people on because I believe in the program. I'm a walking testament to it. You are. Um, 
But there's places you can go. The I can't afford it does not work anymore. You can go for $5 or $10 or try it for free. You could try things for a year before you ran out of places to try in Greenville right now. But even Matt, it opened the door for other things. Orange Theory came here. Um, Cycle Bar has come here. Mm-hmm. All of this just in the last, like, th- what, two years, I think? Three years? Yeah, we I came at the right time. Yeah, we didn't have all of this. <laughs> there's Shred now. There's just so many places. But Metabolic has my undying love for the rest of my life. Their program <laughs> is they change flat your out amazing. That's awesome. Shout out to Mad Metabolic, yes. the gym. All right, so we've come to the segment in the show that I call Scroll My Soul. Mm. So what that means is you can see my notes in on my laptop. Mm-hmm. So in my phone, I from conversations, podcasts, books, just any inspirational thought, I write down things that I'm learning. And then I randomly scroll through, and then I pick, and then I read it, and then I ask you to say what you think of it. Mm-hmm. Cool? It's just any experience that it reminds you of, just however you resonate, let me know. So what I stopped on for you, it says, it doesn't matter what pink people think or say about you unless you decide that it does. It doesn't matter what people think or say about you unless you decide it does. I think that makes me think about everybody has an opinion mm-hmm. about stuff and about people, about me. But it's what you decide to do with that information that matters. There's some information you should probably keep. And there's information maybe that doesn't serve you so you can let that go. Hmm. And then there's other information that you're not sure what to do with. (laughs) You really should set that to the side and let it simmer. And one day it might come back and be a place where you say, I can address that. And for me, it also means that I don't live my life for other people. Hmm. I live it for me, um, kind of unapologetically me. And not in a way that's obnoxious or hurtful, Mm. but in a way that serves me and my family. And for those who want to take the ride with me, I would stick with them through thick and thin. Mm. And you can ask my friends. That's just how I am. That's awesome. So it's just, it's important to know yourself, to get to know yourself, to understand when you're changing and what you need to do to get through it. And then sometimes be okay with the fact that you don't know the answers. But one day that answer might come and it's going to lead to something new. And just be unapologetically you. Boom. Okay, Hope. What else would you tell the world? Anything on your thoughts in your thoughts right now just that you're feeling that you want to make sure people know or feel or think? I think you should never assume or judge other people you meet or see because you don't know what they've walked through. Mm. And that's really one of the most important things I tell my children It's the book and not the cover. Like don't judge that book by its cover. Make sure you mm. understand. And if you don't know, ask, read, read that book, ask, yes. find ask. out, listen. And you know, sometimes somebody asks me occasionally a simple, how are you today? And some days I look and I go, I'm not really good, but thanks for asking. It's okay to always not always be okay. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, Hope, thank you. This was awesome. Thanks for doing this. Thanks out. Thanks to uh, Frigid um, Cryotherapy in Greenville, like Norma Tech, getting our legs worked on. So good. So, so the benefits of this, I'm reading it off yes. a board in the room. So accelerates recovery time, 
lactic acid and lymphatic flushing removes toxins, reduces inflammation and water accumulation, increases circulation and blood flow, helps prevent and eliminate first stage varicose veins. Dang. So we're getting it all right now. I never even read that last bullet point. That's great. (laughs) No, honestly, (laughs) like when I see that, like, you know, when I see some older men with that, like on their legs, I'm like, I do not want that. Like I'm still going to love myself, but I don't want that. (laughs) (laughs) Try to avoid it. So here I am. I'm avoiding it. Well, Hope, for real, thank you. You're the bomb. I'm so happy to know you. Thank you for doing this with me. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate being here. Thanks. Adios. What's up, y'all? I hope you enjoyed that interview with Hope. I hope you have some positive takeaways to apply to your life. And this week's inspiration is inspired by the fitness team, the fitness gym, the organization that changed Hope's life, Metabolic. And this gym, pretty, it, it is incredible. It's not all over the world, but it is in Greenville, South Carolina. It is in a few places around here, a few cities. But the inspiration, the challenge this week is to try a new fitness activity, one that you've never done before. So it could be yoga, it could be high intensity, it could go to Orange Theory, some cycle gym, or just lifting weights if you've never done that before. The reason being is you don't know, if you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again, you can be stuck in a rut. Trying something new like this, it can jumpstart your creativity and you might meet someone new like in this area, in this gym, in that fitness arena. So try a new fitness formula that you've never done before. So there are a few ways you can report back once you complete the challenge. You can post on Facebook or Instagram using hashtag challenge. Tag me in your stories. I love to see when you guys tag me in your stories and you send messages that makes my day and I can repost it. Or you can use the Goal Link hotline. So the hotline is designed for those who want to remain anonymous or you don't have social media, which if you don't, shout out, but still desire a form of accountability. So to use the hotline, call 385-626-0525 and follow the instructions. My name is Ben. We do weekly challenges, weekly podcasts, trying to really embrace life, embrace the challenge, learn, grow, evolve, love. That's what it's about. This is The Goaling Show. I love you all. Have a killer week.